With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Nate Christian. Nate, how are we today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, I, I love our extra recordings. You know, this one is going to be coming out after Christmas, so I hope everyone had a great Christmas. I agree. Um, you know, I hope or they whatever you happy, celebrate. Or, yep, happy holidays. It's just the holiday season, man. It's just giving. It's love. It's, it's my favorite time of the year. And if you're an atheist, happy winter solstice to you. Got to get yeah, that's the day, actually, the day that we're recording. Yes. Happy winter, everybody. Shortest day of the year. Tomorrow you get an extra minute. It's like spending time with me. But we are joined by it. What? Well, yeah. I was going to I was going to actually segue because we were talking about winter solstice. And it just so happens right. that the winter right. solstice yeah. fell on early signing day this year. And Ooh. you know who had a busy early signing day? Our guest, Alfred, over from campus to campus. Yeah, man, it was quite a day. I was up on air at 8 a.m. and probably only had like two, well, maybe like three hours of sporadic breaks throughout the day. So a little fried. I was just talking about all the freshmen signing today. Now we're talking about rookies. I mean, honestly, these are the two most exciting groups of players in any fantasy football context because Mm -hmm. the hope springs eternal and you can dream on the future. (laughs) And so very exciting times. We love potential. We do. Yeah, we like high ceilings. And according to Nate, I love crappy players that sometimes do well. (laughs) But I don't think we're going to be talking about many crappy players today. Uh, If you're stockpiling your first and second round picks, these are going to be the guys that you will be looking into in your upcoming rookie drafts. So let's get right into it. And uh, Nate, do you remember? Well, obviously, Alfred was on previously. Now, a lot of things have changed since then. So when these guys get selected, I will just say, hey, last time they were picked at this spot. And then we can kind of discuss a little bit what has changed. But um, Nate, do you remember who went first last time? So I always let the guests have the first pick. So okay. Alfred went first last time. I'll let him go first again. Let's do it up. All right, Alfred, you have the first pick. And by the way, just so everyone knows out there, this is a super flex mock draft. There you okay. Go. Yeah, perfect. Um, I think I'm going to probably make the same pick I did before. Bryce Young has been – this is assuming Superflex, correct, Michael? Yep, it is Superflex. Okay, yes. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go chalk here again. Uh, Bryce Young has is, is been my quarterback one in this class for well over a year now. I never wavered. I never had C.J. Stroud ahead of him. Um, and now it looks like that, you know, is going to play out in real life. I think Bryce Young is the 101 in real life. I think he's the 101 in Superflex. You just can't you can't ignore. I, and I know who your pick's gonna be after this, but and I and I want that guy on my team. Let me tell you. <laughs> but I just don't think you can pass up a 101 quarterback. Now this past year was weird. You know there was only one first round quarterback. It was taken late first round. Cody uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, who I don't even think was the most exciting quarterback in the whole draft class. And, you know, then everyone else went like third round. It was a mess. This year, I think we're going to get more of a traditional three to four quarterbacks in the first round, including the 101. And it's going to be Bryce Young for me. I really like him. The only knock is height and size. But Kyler Murray's proven that's not really a problem. And Bryce Young has incredible movement skills in the pocket Mm -hmm. to avoid hits. 
to keep the play alive, to find his guy downfield, incredibly accurate. I mean, he really does have most of everything you're looking for, except for, you know, I guess, frame, body frame. Yeah. All right. So Brace Young going off the boards. This could be, you know, kind of a look ahead at things to come, how your rookie drafts are going to pan out. But Nate, what do you have at pick number two? Yeah, I can't blame Alfred for the Bryce Young pick there. Um, it is a super flex league, and I do think we're we have a bad taste in our mouth from last year's quarterback class, but this one is better and it's only gonna get better from here on out. But with the number two pick here, it's a pretty easy one for me. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. We've been talking about him everywhere. Everyone's talking about Bijan. He is one of these generational running back prospects to come out. Um, I, you know, we've heard the comps from Ezekiel Elliott to Saquon Barkley. I mean, everyone is excited about Bijan. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, anything less than a Hall of Fame career is going to be a letdown. <laughs> so uh, get your expectations high. We are excited about Bijan joining. I don't even care where he lands. I'm going to be picking him at the, the one or two spot here in mock drafts. What if he goes to San Francisco? I mean, they'll make it work, man. They'll make it work. I don't know. All right. You said you'd be excited no matter what. So we I'll be excited. A talent, talent will, will rise to the top. All right. I hope he goes somewhere just to spite <clears> you. <throat> um, no, I'm kidding. I want him to go somewhere in Excel, obviously. Alfred, back to you. Pick number three. Yeah, pick number three. Uh, so I've already got quarterback in hand here, and uh, there's a few pretty exciting receivers to look at. But I'm going to go with another guy. Uh, at running back who is um, basically being projected in the first round of most mock drafts that I'm looking at uh, and a first round running back, unless you're Clyde Edwards Hilaire is an <laughs> excellent investment in fantasy. So I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs. I'm seeing him consistently picked in the late first round. I've seen him go to the Eagles a few times in mock drafts, um, you know, and I think he could fill a role of that multi-purpose weapon that they want Miles Sanders to be, who's having a good year now, but his rookie contract's got to be almost up, if not. I mean, is this his this, fourth year? Yep, and he was a second-round pick, so they do not have the... They don't even have the fifth-year option, so, I mean, his rookie contract's up. Does Philly want to pay him? Um, I think selecting Gibbs would definitely, you know, open that door for, for a full... I mean, he's going to be, I think, a... I would, he's not going to be the workhorse that Bijan is where you're going to like Bijan, I think is a, is a 30 touch guy. And that is rare, right? Yeah. That is super rare. I think Gibbs is maybe more of a 18 to 20 touch guy with four or five of those being receptions though. So we kind of love that still. I still think RB one in fantasy is certainly in his, you know, likely range of outcomes. I think Bijan's a guy who could be a like future Jonathan Taylor one Oh one, in a startup yep. type. I don't think Gibbs has that ceiling, but I think he's got RB one for the life of his rookie contract, which is all you can really hope for with a running back, um, especially in PPR. I, I really like him. I think he, he showed enough at Alabama this year. So uh, give me that, give me a first round running back. You know, sometimes we only get one a year or zero a year. And uh, if we get two this year, that'll be really nice. All right, yeah. so three picks in, only one quarterback in the Superflex mock here. But, uh, Nate, let's kick it back to you at pick number four. Yeah, um, at four, I'm, I don't have my quarterback yet, so I'm going to go ahead and take my quarterback. I'm going to take Will Cole left. Ridge Stroud. Damn it. <laughs> Cole Ridge, Cole train here. So C.J. Stroud <laughs> at Ohio State. I know people are starting to cool down on C.J. It, it's, it's gone from – most of the season where he was neck and neck with Bryce. And now it's, oh, well, Will Levis is obviously better than C.J. Stroud. Oh, well, maybe Anthony Richardson's better than C.J. Stroud. What about Hendon Hooker? Is he better than C.J. Stroud? <laughs> Everyone is just assuming that C.J. Stroud just died and is now like a late second, like late first pick or something. I mean, I'm seeing him fall into the teens in first round mock drafts now these days. It is ridiculous. If he falls any, he'll end up with, you know, a, a better team than, you know, I like Bryce Young a lot, but the Houston Texans aren't an offense I'm super excited to get a piece of at the moment. But CJ Stroud, if he finds himself in an offense that's built a bit more up to start out, that's the perfect system for him to be in. He's a guy that I think he's not going to be able to do as much from a creation standpoint as Bryce Young, but you put CJ Stroud with some good weapons around him. He can be a good NFL quarterback. He's a guy I'm excited to take here at the fourth pick. Yeah. All right. I like it. So there we go. Two running backs, two quarterbacks. This is how teams are built. The high part of the draft, early parts, this is what we do. So pick 
<clears throat> pardon me pick five alfred let's go back to you and do you prefer alfred or do you like uh, anything else uh, i'm fine with alfred okay, um, some, some of sure. my yeah no alfred sounds great um so you know i think this highlights a little bit about this year's class you know being you know you got the top four pick you're gonna be really happy almost no matter what your team needs are now obviously you're gonna if you need a quarterback and you're in a super flex league you want a top, but even top four, you may, you just wound up with a, with a quarterback in the top four. So I think it really depends on team need, but uh, I think it's, uh, I think there's a bit of a fall up here at the fifth pick. I'm in a league where I literally won. My team was trash all year. Um, I had like Pacheco and uh, someone else came on at the end of the year and I ended up winning like the last five games still was huh. terrible but went from like the third pick projected to now I'm, I'm locked into the fifth pick, which is a really big bummer in a dynasty league and a super yeah. flex. Cause I think there's a big drop off here. However, I'm, you know, this, it, this is a little bit. I totally understand. Bob and I did a mock uh, last week. And at the same point I typed in the Google doc, this pick sucks. This pick sucks. I don't know what I want to do here. Um, I'm going to roll the dice and and take um, my number one wide receiver in the class when I think there are some people that will argue. I'm, I want to go Jordan Addison here. I think he is a safe first-round pick. Um, probably uh, there's another guy who is another very safe first-round pick and maybe a third. There, there's going to at least be three first-round wide receivers, I think. But, you know, I think Addison can do it all. I think he can line up in a lot of different ways. I don't think he's only a slot. And um, – you know, he's a little light, but that matters less and less for me in the NFL and on the wide receivers. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he's going to produce right away. And I think his upside is, you know, pretty good, if not, like, super elite. But he seems to be a safe guy who's going to contribute for your fantasy team. At the very least, he's going to be a solid wide receiver, too, for six, seven years at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't beat that. And I think we do need to temper expectations. I feel like in the first round, everybody expects these first round draft picks to just be superstars. That's not always going to be the case. It just isn't. So again, temper your expectations. Sometimes guys are wide receiver twos, running back twos, quarterback twos. You need those guys on your team too. You just do. So and the deeper the leagues that I've gone in, you know, when you're in a 12 team redraft every year, I shoot pretty much only for upside because that's how you win those leagues. I mean, mm-hmm. you win those leagues yeah. by having two or three top five options at each position. And you just, you know, you, cause everyone's team is fairly even when you get in these really deep leagues. I think there's a dynasty rewind where you start talking about Debbie leagues and stuff with these huge rosters. I mean, picking a guy who's going to give you wide receiver two numbers for a decade is really, really valuable. You find yourself like there's no options on waivers the dynamic's so different. Like I found myself, I pick guys sometimes in rookie drafts for like the, the risk. I don't really take that upside risk as much because like you need a guy who's going to play. I mean, sometimes you're struggling to fill a roster spot with a guy who's going to play on Sunday. Yeah. You know, depending on how deep the league is and the injuries that you have, you mm-hmm. want your whole roster to be have guys you can at least plug in and get something. So having a whole bench of wide receiver twos or threes is actually helpful. So I've, shifted a little bit as i've gotten to the deeper leagues to think more holistically about a whole roster construction and not just shooting for upside which is what i always used to do on the smaller leagues yeah i, I like that i, I think that. i think wide receiver too is where you build your depth because it yeah. is it's just about impossible to have running back depth right so you have to have good wide receiver depth uh, yeah and in ppr <laughs> half ppr i mean your flex are going to pretty much be unless you just luck into a healthy and good running back roster, mm. you're probably going to be playing wide receiver. So you, you're probably going to be starting three at wide receiver, maybe two, three, four flex. Nate, we're in a huge league. You made yeah. that ridiculous <laughs> league. Um, and I'm struggling to fill my last flex spot some weeks, you know? And so if you have a guy who, who you can rely on to even be a wide receiver three, better yet a wide receiver two hanging around on your bench that you don't even start every week, but it's super helpful. I mean, I've just realized, realized you need to have more of a thorough depth filled roster in those leagues yep. and those are mostly what i play now all right so nate you are up at pick number six yeah you know i like i like alfred said these picks these middle picks they're not bad but it, they force you to make a choice 
because after that top four, there's a wide tier here. of It's basically the rest of the first round. Any of these guys can go at any place until we get draft capital. So with the five, six pick, you're, you're reaching. You're reaching into the tier and you're trying to pick someone at the top of it, even though they're kind of all in a big muddy mess. Um, so, you know, I could go wide receiver. There's a couple of guys I don't mind picking here. There's some running backs even I don't mind picking here. There's even another quarterback that, you know, at the end of the draft process might be going here, if not higher. Mm-hmm. And Mike, it's a guy that you like, but I'm not going to pick him because I don't like him nearly as much as you do yet. But I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and the Jigba because I can't pass up on this guy. I am starting to cool a little bit on him, unfortunately. I do have to admit it, but um, it doesn't really help you out when you miss your entire season with a lingering hamstring issue um, that does you know, create some cause for concern. And while he looked incredible uh, last year, you know, playing alongside Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, I was really hoping to see him this year take on that lead role um, and work with Marvin Harrison and, and Mika Ibuka. But we didn't get to see that. So, you know, we have to kind of go off of, well, where is he at now? I still think he has enough to be picked at this spot. I think he's going to get that first round draft capital. He is a little bit of a safer pick. As Alfred was just talking, you know, there's another wide receiver that has a much higher upside, but I feel like JSN is a good value here because I know what I'm getting and I'm confident that I'm going to get it out of him. All right. So let's do a little bit of a recap here. Um, Our first round so far through six picks currently Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, CJ Stroud, Jordan Addison, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So that's one through six. Looking back last time, when we did this, uh, Bryce Young. So again, one for one. And then it changes. CJ Stroud was two. Bijan Robinson was three. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was four. Jameer Gibbs was five. Sean Tucker was six. So we have not mentioned Sean Tucker's name yet. Oh boy. Alfred, does that change now or do you have someone else for us? Uh, no, I'm not going to go Sean Tucker now because the, the running back depth in this class really seems to be like i think you're going to get a guy pretty interesting pretty exciting guys in this mid-second round yeah so mm-hmm. after the high high end which i think Bijan is in the class of his own i think gibbs is in it honestly maybe even his own tier and then after that there's a there's like five or six that i'm like i like all of them for different reasons so um i'm gonna hold on that so sean tucker doesn't go here I'm going to go with probably the guy that um, that Nate was talking about, uh, Quinton Johnston. He's yep. universally a first round receiver at this point. Uh, was a, instrumental in Texas Christians, you know, Cinderella season. They're in the playoff, and he honestly had a bit of a slow start. And we talked about him, I think, in a show at the Expo. Shout out to the Expo; it was a great yeah. time. Yeah, and we did a live show there. I think. And talked about Quinton Johnston and, and how exciting he was. And then he started pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Then he went crazy. I mean, second half of the year, he was fantastic. He's everything you wanted him to be. Big play threat, you know, flexible. Everything we talked about, just like a huge six foot four, 200 plus uh, flexible uh, guy can run a lot of routes. Also deep threat, jump balls, has the speed, the whole nine yards. He was clearly the alpha in the offense this year. He's been doing it for a few years now. Uh, and I think he's definitely solidified himself as a first round NFL pick. And so now I've got two first round, you know, receivers on my fantasy team. Pretty happy about that with the seventh pick here. Uh, so give me Quinton Johnston and we'll still wait on running backs. All right, Nate, are you waiting on running back? Or are you, where are we going here? Pick eight. Yeah. You know, I'm just waiting for, you know, Alfred to make my choices easier by, you know, it's a war of attrition at this point. It's like, well, just, I just <laughs> want, I just want less choices. I just give me the guys that are left in the tier. Um, so uh, I, Quinn Johnson was the guy I was talking about, you know, his upside is huge with his physical frame and all his athleticism. Um, but the wide receiver depth is short and I could go ahead and try to grab someone here, but I don't think, you know, I think there's a break after these three wide receivers. We've got the three wide receivers and then a tier break for me. So I'm looking back at the quarterback position. I'm looking back at the running back position, which, as Alfred said, there's a lot of guys there. And, hey, I might even be looking at the tight end position, but maybe it's a little early since it's not tight end premium. Well, at least we didn't make that clear. So <laughs> I, I'm looking between quarterback and running back right now. And I'm going to have to go ahead and grab a quarterback. Because if this is a super flex league, 
And I already have CJ Stroud. I got to go up to potential here. And no one has higher potential. And Will Levis. Here it comes. <laughs> Man, this is fun because both of you guys would be, you know, you guys are both fighting here over who's better. Here we go. I know it's this and guy. I'm, right? I'm just going to say Hendon Hooker, right? No, I'm not. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I'm have to go with Will Levis, actually. Um, sorry. Uh, I, I, Anthony Richardson does actually have insane potential, but I don't believe he's a first-round pick yet um, with my evaluations. I think he's still too raw at the time. Um, and, and he might – he definitely needs to sit a year, you know, have that Trey Lance year. But yeah. am I willing to, you know, wait a year, maybe two years? I mean, I've seen some scouts say he's a two-year project. Um, there, I, I wasn't super excited that he was coming out this year. I think he needed a year back. But I'm going to let Alfred talk about him later when he gets picked. So Will Levis, Will Levis, uh, he's obviously getting the Josh Allen comps. Um, it's, it's not the safest prospect out there. Not the safest prospect prospect mm. out there but will levis has all the tools that you want for a quarterback um he does have yeah that's that's really what i gotta say about will man he he's he's leave something to be desired but he he's going in the top five top ten of mock drafts some are calling the quarterback two now mm. there's even rumors that the houston texans might want him at the 101 which would be insane so Time i'm up. following the draft capital here i'm going with will levis Will Levis, my dude, if you follow me on Twitter, you've known that. I also am trying to have people uh, do the jersey shop, put an Eagles jersey on them, just to piss off all my fellow Eagles fans. The other thing I will say about Anthony Richardson, I think he should have came back for another year. I think it would have suited him well. Alfred would have loved that, looking as he's a, a Gators fan from what I could see. But fear not, Gators fans, you got Graham Mertz coming in. So you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> He can't be we the starting quarterback. Talk, we won't right? even talk about Graham Mertz on the 2024 show. <laughs> we're not going to talk gonna about him. We're going to be talking about um, – I'm blanking on the kid from North Carolina's name. Drake May. Yeah, Drake oh, May. absolutely. Thank we'll you. be talking about Drake May for sure. Mm-hmm. In 2025, my man Drew Alar is going to be slinging it. So, Alfred, he back be to fun. pick number nine. <sighs> well – you know, I was wondering how I, – I thought you were going to make it easy on me that I didn't have to pick him here. Um, but after all that buildup, I think now is probably the right <laughs> time. Let's just go with Anthony Richard. It is super flex. Uh, and for the reasons that you stated, I think now is the time to take that upside QB. I already have the safest QB, I think, in the draft. Um, and now I'm just I'm just going to be stacking. I guess – I don't know if we're picking this like if it's a real or if it's like these are on our team altogether. Oh. I don't know. But whatever. This is a fine spot, I think, to take Anthony Richardson of the Florida Gators. Yes, I watched him all year. Yes, I agree. He's probably I, – I, what he put on tape this year, I mean, I don't think he's a first, he should be a first-round pick. I also don't think Levis should be. No, probably shouldn't be either. Um, <clears throat> I know that that's what the mocks are doing. I'm a little skeptical um, – because we saw this last year with multiple, like they had like four or five first round picks. And then obviously in real life, it didn't happen. So I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but it's pretty consistent. Both, you know, Levis and Richardson are both in the top 10 now. Um, four QBs in the top 10 is kind of like the industry standard, like what most are expecting at this point. Um, and like you said, Trey Lance got picked and then got the full blown red shirt year. And there's risk there as well, because I have some Lance on my dynasty teams. In fact, I traded him away for a Dak, uh, traded him in a package away for a Dak Prescott earlier this year in one league. Nice. Um, but, you know, you, you redshirt a year, and then he did have an injury, which is kind of a freaky thing. Like, you know, we didn't necessarily count on that, but then you lose a whole other year. Now, you know, if you drafted Lance, you haven't seen him in two years. Yeah. In Superflex, you need that guy. Like, you weren't drafting at the second overall pick in your fantasy league because you had QB depth, probably. You needed him. I needed him in multiple teams, and I haven't even been able to start him one time. Uh, I guess I started him in the monsoon week one, right? And then he got injured. So, it's so fragile if you're going to say the first year is gone. Uh, And, you know, with Richardson, that also seems to be like that might be the case. But I'm banking on tools here. And, you know, Matt Waldman kind of encouraged me a little bit. So that guy's a very smart guy, very uh, oh, savvy. Film. We just had Matt on the, the channel. Actually. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, Matt, the best he's friend fantastic. 
He's awesome. He's a very yeah. smart guy. He put out a, uh, a tape on on Richardson and actually was very encouraging. And I was like, I actually did um, watch it. I was, I was texting some friends. I was like, okay, when you watch this, you're like, how the hell did we lose six games? Like we should have been 12 and 0. Um, <laughs> because he did highlight his best plays. And he, and he you know, you watch and you're like, wow, okay, there's more there than his errors. Although he did have a bunch of errors. We can't say that he didn't. So, but there's enough there. There's some building blocks. I think if that's how NFL evaluators are going to take a look at him, I think, you know, first round is in the, in the cards here. And so, you know, a team's going to at least going to give him the shot. That's what draft capital buys you, right? It's time mm-hmm. and opportunity. So uh, I'll take him here. Sorry, that was a little bit long-winded. He's a complicated player, though. I mean, him yes. and Will Levis both. After you get past Stroud and Young, it's, it, it's a Rorschach test, honestly, with those two guys. Like, what do you see? Do you want to see the upside or do you want to see the failure? Um, I'm, I'll take it here and I'll be happy to root for him at least on my yeah. fantasy team. I, yeah. I will say, Alfred, I had no idea who was picking until the name came out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a toss up between the two, it honestly. I, I think they're both similar. Yeah. Yeah. They're both similar. They're both raw. I think Levis probably is a little bit less raw, but I, I do think Richardson probably has more upside. And Levis is also, just to be fair, also, he's a fifth year senior. So he's two yeah, years so older. It, than does, it does help. Well. Yeah. Um, can't believe. James Franklin picked Sean Clifford over Will Levis. Yeah, what? Come on, what that is called being loyal to your upperclassmen. Um, thankfully, that and, looks- and picked Sean Clifford over Drew Aller, which probably cost you a win or two this year. Um, I actually think that they probably won more games because of Sean Clifford instead of Drew Aller or Aller, however you say it. Um, I like okay. Aller, and I'm excited about him next year. But <clears throat> he lost a few games this year, so. You know, Clifford's like, definitely a gamer. Like he, he just like kind of wills victories. He manages. Uh, he's the just team gritty. Well. Yeah. But Great. with Singleton being there now, got some good uh, Mitchell Tinsley at yep. wideout next year. Unfortunately, Parker Washington declares that kind of sucks. They got some good tight ends. I'm excited to see what a strong arm quarterback can do. Last time yeah. they had a five star recruit. Anybody? Do you know who the last five star Penn State quarterback recruit was? It's got to be Hackenberg. It is Christian. And he's so bad that was fun. Yes. but like zach wilson level and i think he was drafted <laughs> by the jets in the second round so the jets he have an issue was when todd bowles was the head coach but mm. penn state fans we're not drew aller is not that guy so pick CGC 10 he loves drew aller yeah we i bet they do what is this penn state fan um <laughs> nate the guy who's going to watch drew aller mop the floor with your maryland terrapins for the next couple years um <laughs> what, what are you doing at pick number 10 yeah, at pick number 10, I'm going to start dipping into the rest of the running back class. And I'm going to have to make a selection here. I have to, you know, because we've talked about how we have to start picking out of these tiers. And I'm going to go after Zach Charbonnet. Mm. That's who I'm picking here. I think he brings in a true NFL style running from week one. He is a NFL starter week one. He comes in checking all the boxes. He has the athleticism to compete in the NFL. He has the size. Despite that size, he has the lateral ability and agility to make people miss and get down the field. He's got good top end speed, good vision to run inside, outside. And he also has the receiving chops that he's really shown off with Chip Kelly over there at UCLA. So he really checks all the boxes. You know, I thought it was a bad idea last year when he went back to college because he was my RB3. I didn't think he'd be the RB3 in this class, but as it stands right now, he is actually my RB3 in this class, and I'm going to go ahead and take him. Um, there are some concerns about his draft capital, but I don't think that by the time we get to the end of April, that will actually be a concern. So I think he's a day two prospect, and he goes to a team like the Falcons. It'd be over. All right. Alfred, I like that. 11. It is I like that quite numbers. a bit. Actually, on our, on our sheet, our default sheet, he was kind of buried at like the sixth get running back. I actually moved him up to third. I think he's tentatively – I mean, I haven't done full-on rookie rankings yet, um, which I will do for my drafts when they come up, but I think he might end up being my three as well. Hmm. And I didn't – I've always been kind of a Charbonnet hater, <laughs> but but I think it's hard It's hard not to argue uh, for him, uh, and, and I think that's a good pick. I was hoping you would go to Sean Tucker, and I was actually going to take Charbonnet next. So I'm reeling here. Um, <laughs> You get the live I reaction. Think, yeah, I think there's going to be some more running backs here that I that I like. Uh, I would have gone Charbonnet, honestly. I really would have. I'm going to take Michael Mayer, um, even mm. though it's not it's not tight end premium. 
But again, thinking through the lens of these very deep leagues, tight end, and maybe I'm 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 actually probably like um, a little traumatized with my tight end situation in your league. It's a two tight end league, mandatory two tight end starts. Yep. And I, I've been struggling to even find a guy who can give me like three points. <laughs> um, I've had some injuries. I traded for Herb Smith. He literally got injured the next week. Oh. Um, so. But I think in any deep dynasty, tight end does become difficult. You want at least one guy that you can really count on. I think Michael Mayer is going to be a or I'm pretty sure he's going to be a first round pick. Um, that's very safe draft capital. Yeah, and he's going to be. He look, I know the main thing with Michael Mayer and people that are very smart have said this, and I and I it must be true. They say he's not super athletic. I'm not sure I buy that. I mean, I guess we'll see in testing, but like. Look, he's athletic enough that yeah. he dominated the wide. He dominated the passing game for three years at a major institution. Like I know Notre Dame, I'd count them as P five. I know they're independent. Yeah. Um, he's just been great. He's done nothing but be great. Like we can nitpick uh, his athleticism, but he's going to go for first round draft capital, and he's been used as a primary receiver. It's not like he's some inline blocker. Um, I think he's super safe. I like him here. Uh, and uh, the caveat is you're assuming this is a pretty deep league where tight ends aren't easily available on waivers to pick and choose, but you want that one guy that you can start every week and feel pretty good about it. Even if they're not a Travis Kelsey, you at least want like a Hawkinson or something where you feel good about getting six targets a week because yeah. otherwise, you know, you're looking at like one for six Johnny it, Smith. It's rough out there. The tight end landscape after the first 15 or so guys. Yeah. It's bad. Um, Nate, why don't we do this? Let's finish off this first round. Okay. And then I will review. And then do you guys want to do just like a kind of a rapid fire second round? Sure. Like we don't need to go too in depth because if you want to hear more about those guys that were taken in the second round, you could sign up for C2C's website. Alfred's going to tell you all about that at the end of the show and you can sign up for our Patreon and I will touch on that when I do our commercials, but Nate, go ahead and finish up this first round for us. Yep. At the end of the first round, like we've already said many times, there's going to be some good running back depth in the second round. So I'm going to pick the last wide receiver that I think is kind of worthy of a first round pick at this point. And that is Josh Downs out of North Carolina. Um, he is a little bit smaller than some of the guys we've talked about so far. But I believe he's five foot ten. So in today's modern NFL, where we're based on speed, we are moving away from these alpha wide receivers. You know, we used to always want to find the next Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, that dominant physical wide receiver to play along the sideline in the X position. But if if you haven't noticed, not only has college football moved away from that for years now, but the NFL is starting to move away from that as the NFL is prioritizing speed and not caring as much about physicality and size as they just want to create yards after the catch. That is the whole premise of offenses now is yards after the catch. And Josh Downs can do that. And he did that very well last year with Sam Howell. He did it very well this year with Drake May. He is used to NFL talent, throwing him the football. Wherever he goes, and I believe he's going to be a first-round pick uh, come draft day. He is going to fit in. Uh, he is likely going to be a slot receiver, but – you know, that is not a bad thing, especially in fantasy football where targets and receptions can really boost up your fantasy points. Josh Downs has great potential in fantasy football. All right. I love the Josh Downs pick. You know, I've been a Josh Downs fan for a while now, actually, since yep. I scouted Sam Howell. Um, that's when I saw him play. So, all right. So to the back end of the first round, pick seven through 12, we have Quentin Johnston, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Zach Charbonnet, Michael Mayer. First tight end off the board. Kind of love it, though. And Josh Downs. So, all right, let's 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 do a little bit of a rapid fire second round here. So, round two, pick one. Well, Mike, what how, What did last the last draft look like in the back half? My bad. Forgive me. Thank you. Um, okay, so pick seven was Keishon Boutte. Ooh. Did go back to Didn't even two. declare. Right. Notice that was an Alfred pick because I wasn't picking Boutte this offseason. I was like, hey, that guy ain't it. I tried to tell y'all. Um, number eight was Jordan Addison. Number nine was Anthony Richardson. So he stayed in the same spot. Yeah. Number 10 was Tank Bigsby, who I think might be mentioned this next mm -hmm. round. Number 11, Jermaine Burton, who was a wide receiver from Valdez. Uh, did, he, did he not transfer? 
did he go into the portal or no he's but he hasn't declared either he was not good this year he was just flat out not good no i mean very disappointing and by the way speaking of disappointing for all those jt daniels truthers out there he is now in his fourth college he is now rice's highest recruit ever go rice (laughs) and our very last pick of the first round Quentin Johnson went at number seven here. So you want to talk about some rising ADP. Hey, another reason to play C2C in Devi leagues. You don't have to sweat it out in your rookie draft because you already have these guys on your roster. Yep. So let us go. Round two, pick one. Alfred, back to you, my friend. Yeah, so I guess it's time to dive into the running back. We've been talking about the depth. I mean, eventually i got to start picking some of these guys, right? So I think I'm going to go with Sean, yeah, Sean Tucker. We're going to go ah. Sean Tucker here, who was a mid-first-round pick last time. Um, had a good year. He really didn't do anything to, I think, like lose his draft stock. I think just, you know, just he's boring. He's been good for a while. It's about the yeah. same. Uh, but he's very, very fast. I think he's going to test well. And I think he'll get day two for sure, probably mm-hmm. round two, maybe late second, though. Uh, but even if he goes in the third round, not that worried about it. Happy to have him on my team. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I was hoping I could hold on for one more pick before having to select uh, Sean Tucker. So you snipe me there, Alfred. I picked him with you in mind. I will trade later between you two. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll make it happen. Well, Nate, can you snipe Alfred now, possibly? Uh, I don't know about that because I saw his face when uh, you said Tank Bigsby, and that's who I'm going with next. So I'm going to grab Tank here. You know, I think he unfortunately played at Auburn. I think he should have transferred last off season and he would have probably had a much better position this year for the NFL draft. But you go look at the tape. He did finish the year kind of strong and you look at the tape and you can see that tank Bigsby is a good running back and he would have had a lot better stats if Auburn had any better of an offense. And, you know, they had a lot of struggles this year. They were not a good team. Um, Mike, you know, Penn States, you know, just wiped the floor with them when they went down there early in the I'm year. Surprised. Yeah. So uh, Tank, you know, kind of the same thing as Sean Tucker. You look at what he did this year. He didn't really do anything wrong. He just kind of plateaued as a prospect over the past two years. But I think a lot of that can be Auburn as an offense and a program is kind of plateaued. But uh, hey, they're on on the up and up now with their new coach, Hugh Freeze. But uh, Tank Frisbee, Tank, not Frisbee, (laughs) Tank Bigsby. Hugh Freeze, Tank Frisbee. (laughs) Tank Bigsby is headed to the NFL and he's on the up and up too. I think he's a day two prospect and I think he projects very well to NFL with his size and running, running style. Love it. Fun fact. I watched that Penn state Auburn game at Port Richards. It's great in Pennsylvania for you uh, fans of the office. It is an old school bar. Um, It's got wood paneling on the walls and it's in a bowling alley. So fun times. Shout out to my man, Steve Utes watched it with me at the fantasy ladder. Check him and his podcast out. Alfred pick. Round two, pick three. What are we doing here? Yeah, this is another. I mean, these are all going to be starting to be tough here because we're we're splitting hairs mm-hmm. and uh, some different things. Stuff. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with probably the fastest guy in the draft, Devin A. Chain from Texas A and M. I'm pretty sure he's already declared. I'm pretty sure. Oh. And so um, he's undersized for sure, but probably going to run low four threes he's a track star he's actually a really efficient running back he's not just a speed guy he's a good actual running back um that offense was atrocious this year but he's still got a pretty good workload and i think he's probably a rotational guy in the nfl but like you're seeing what tony pollard's doing i mean that's the dream right like splitting work but still explosive enough to make it happen so um here in the middle second round i think that explosion is worth betting on Nate, do you remember my poor man's Devin a chain that I talked about last night? Um, it was the other UAB running back. I don't Jermaine remember his Brown name though. Junior. Wait a year. Draft my man Jermaine Brown Jr. So um round two, pick four. Nate. All right. So this is the 16th overall pick, and I'm gonna be picking the seventh running back off the board. So through almost two and a half rounds, half of our prospects are running backs. That's the depth of this class that we're talking about. Um, I'm going with Zach Evans here. Um, not my favorite guy, but I think he is you know, the last of this tier at the running back position. And he offers a lot of athleticism that he gets into the right place. He could look very good. I'm a down on his talent overall compared to some of these other running backs. But I think at this point, he is a value because of the upside that he brings. 
I love it. And I, I saw a couple mocks of him going to the Eagles as well. Yes. As he watched some film and I know Harry Roseman does not listen to me, but please no. Um, Alfred <laughs> round two, pick five. What are we doing here? Uh, yeah, let's take a, a receiver who I think it could be a first round receiver. That's Jalen Hyatt coming off a Bolitnikoff award winning season. Mm-hmm. I've actually been a big fan of his since his prospect days, uh, since he was a true freshman and it took a little while to get things going. But he, he was borderline breakout as a freshman and actually had a bad second year. And then obviously, you know, won the Blitnikoff Award as the best receiver in college football this year, 15 touchdowns, like 1,300 yards. And so I'm, he's blazing fast, and the NFL loves speed, and I'm seeing him consistently mocked in the first round. So, um, you know, first round, first round real-life player in uh, mid-second round, I'll take that every day and just hope for – you know, that he pops in, in a way that's relevant mm. for fantasy. Perfect. I like that. At two five, I really do like that pick. Nate, what are you doing at two six? Another running back, possibly? Uh no, I'm actually going with a wide receiver. I'm following up some speed with some more speed. I got Rashi Rice here. Oh, um, this okay. has been a guy that has been really vaulting up the draft rankings over the last couple months coming out of SMU. Um, I've liked a couple wide receivers out of SMU over the past couple of years. Reggie Robertson. Reggie Robertson, there it is. That's, that's my guy right there. And uh, he, he was on the practice squad for the Titans for a while. So I'll take that as a win. Um, <laughs> but Rashi Rice, you know, he at six foot two or so, you know, there's, I've, I've seen him listed at six foot three. I also seen him listed at six foot one. I don't know where he's actually going to end up somewhere in that range, but he really checks a lot of the boxes size wise, athleticism wise, um, the ability to get down the field, make some contested catches create some yards after the catch. Um, I do think he might have a bit of a transition into the NFL coming from SMU. Uh, didn't run the most diverse route tree there. Um, but, hey, we're betting on talent here in the second round. All right. Love it. And uh, my man, Brandon Lejeune, big fan of Rasheed Rice mm-hmm. as well. He's been on him for a long time. So, Alfred, kicking it back to you at the 2-7. What are we doing? Yeah, I think I'm going to keep – pounding running back picks here because um you know at the end of the day injuries we know it's a volatile position and we know injuries happen and even if you took uh, a guy like Rashad White who basically did nothing for the first half of the season so you might have to take some of these guys and and hang on but now he's a routine starter here at the back end of the season and looking pretty good into next year so even if you have to be patient uh, I've got a few running backs here uh, and I'll go first with Chase Brown Um, who's been a good producer for Illinois um, for more than one, you know, for multiple years in a row. I mean, he was a full blown workhorse last year and everyone I think still wrote him off. I know people at C2C were even like, Oh, he's going to end up splitting with, there's another guy that, that people liked um, McCray or some, some guy who um, is just bigger and a big fast guy. But he didn't. He was a he was a he was like a borderline Heisman candidate. What he did at Illinois this year, he's had about ten percent of receptions, so he can catch the ball a little bit. An offense that doesn't throw very much, kind of your Wisconsin, you know, kind of that Wisconsin type offense. He's incredible, and I've watched him, and I've been like, what do I really think of this guy? He's got great contact balance. He's a really tough runner. He's he's going to be sub two ten. I think he's going to be somewhere between two hundred and two ten pounds. Um, so he's not going to be massive, but he's a, he's a really good running back. Like he's just hashtag good at football. Um, I think a little bit of a comp could be like a Philip Lindsay type, uh, kind of undersized, but a really good runner. Um, and maybe even chip in with some receiving. I think he's getting much better draft capital because well, Lindsay was like undrafted, but, um, I, I like him. I think he's going to be a day two pick third round probably is where I'd slot him in, but I think. Look what we saw Damian Pierce do. I mean, I think he can Ooh. do something like that. You hear that, Mike? You hear hear that? Bob just had the biggest grin on his from his entire life for about two minutes listening to Alfred talk about Chase Brown. <laughs> Is Bob a he's Chase been a, Brown fan? He's and been Bob a loves Chase Brown. Does it, well, then Bob and I have something in common. I love Chase Brown too. I was listening to someone say that Chase Brown they they were worried about his level of competition. I'm like he played in the Big Ten. He didn't play in the Sun Belt. Like, what are we? What are we doing here? You know, I, I don't know. This is I, I'm not. I'm not a Chase Brown fan. I'm not. Well, I'm just gonna let you guys know. Oh. I mean, I don't think he's a bad running back, but I, I just think he's a you know he's a decent backup. I think 
I kind of place him on the level of a, a day three pick, like a, a fifth rounder. Maybe. I mean, Eddie, could, it's it. such a deep class. Like we're waiting on running back. So the NFL yeah. might do the same. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're all going to cram into the day two, but like, I know he's a fifth year senior, but like the dude had 3000 total yards in the last two seasons, like in the big 10, that's pretty impressive. That's I've, I've been impressed with his, with his running. I mean, but just playing devil's advocate, you got guys like uh, Tyler Batty out there, Tyler Goodson, you know, put up a ton of yards in the SEC and, that's kind of how I see Chase Brown. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a big difference though. Chase Brown can run people over. Tyler Beatty had to run away from people. Tyler, Tyler, could not run Tyler Goodson, I like Tyler Goodson, but watching the Iowa offense makes me take a power nap. So you know, there's a bit of a difference there. And Tyler Goodson, you know, he was okay, but he didn't have the power that Chase. I do Brown think had. Brown is like he's sneaky strong, and he's a yes. kind of a little undersized. But like that's what I I watched a few Illinois games because I was very curious about chase brown and i and i bet on them a few times uh which obviously makes you want to watch the game um he he really impressed me with just like being a good running back like he wasn't gimmicky or anything he was just getting it done between the tackles finding holes vision contact balance all that so all right i'm have to go back because you know i i trust alfred i trust mike i trust bob you know everyone around me is saying they like chase brown maybe i need to go back and Check him out a bit more. I have to do the same on guys. You know, sometimes you just honestly for me, sometimes from a like, bad mood watching a guy, I like I'll give him <laughs> bad grades. So I gotta watch a guy multiple times because it's so subjective. Sometimes your your just your mentality can yeah. also I might have watched him after like Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, and that's just not fair. Oh, that's also not fair. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Come on. All right, uh, but Nate, it is your pick. Two eight. What do you got? It is my pick, and I'm actually going to go back to the tight end position here. I'm going to continue to make Bob happy. Bob's going to love the back part of this second. Can second I guess? Round. Go ahead. Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. Also um, one of my dudes. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid. You know, he doesn't have maybe the pedigree that Michael Mayer has, but Dalton Kincaid, you go back and look at what he's done, not just this year. And the incredible game, of course, against USC, where he had 16 receptions for 230 yards and two touchdowns. But the overall season as a whole being the number one option for that offense and carrying that offense in a lot of games. And then you go back and look at his production over his career as a college tight end. And he has multiple years of over 800 yards, including his sophomore year, where he had 800 yards on nearly half the receptions that he had this year when he posted 800 yards. So he's shown the ability to be a, you know, a chain mover at 12 yards per catch this year, as well as a guy who can get down the field with almost 20 yards per catch as a sophomore. He's really just dominated uh, four out of the five years that he was in college. The only year he didn't, he had an injury and only played in one game. And that was the COVID year. So Don Kincaid, while he doesn't have, you know, possibly the first round draft capital Michael Mayer has, when you're looking at fantasy football, there is perhaps no better tight end for fantasy football than Don Kincaid because he is truly a pass-catching tight end first, and and he has shown that he can produce at just about any level. My comp for him actually is Zach Ertz, if you watch the way they play. Um, very sure-handed. They mm-hmm. move the chains. They don't do a ton after the catch, but they also don't line up in, you know, on the line. They kind of split him out a little bit. Um, Dalton Kincaid, actually, Kincaid, his final season, actually more productive than, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, eight yards less than Zach Ertz. So I'm um, close, but he does have a bowl game where they will lose to the Penn State Nittany Lions. So Alfred, you are back up at the two nine. What do you got? Yeah, this is probably my last, maybe legitimately favorite running back um, on the list here. I'm going to go with a third year, absolute breakout. Izzy Abanaconda from Penn. Um, he's going to have the requisite size we love. I mean, he's almost the perfect frame, 5'11", 215. Um, you know, as a true junior, took him a little while to get going. Um, second year was okay, had almost a 1,000 yards, but then he was given the full reins to the offense as a true junior this year. So third-year player, 1,400 yards, six yards per touch, um, 20 rushing touchdowns, added a few through the air. I wouldn't say he doesn't really meet the number for receptions that I want to see. So like that might not be part of his game, but like, again, you're looking at that late third round, maybe early fourth round guy. If he goes to the right depth chart or even second half of the season with some injuries. I mean, I think he's good. I think he's Mm -hmm. a good player. I think he's got enough speed and he's just big 
and is a guy that a team could look at and be like, yeah, I can give that guy 25 carries. So um, at this point in the draft, I'm just stacking running backs if you can't tell. But one thing you've learned when you play this long enough, you can never have enough running backs who are on the two deep or even the three deep on an NFL roster because they will undoubtedly get run and you can spot start them and all that. I agree. All right, Nate, we are back up to you at the 210. Yeah, and I'm continuing the trend for the running backs that Alfred's been keeping up with. You know, I, I agree. Any day two running back, I'm going to pick over day two wide receivers in most cases. Um, and I'm, I think this guy has a chance to get third round draft capital. That's Kendra Miller out of TCU. Um, you know, with Zach Evans leaving this year, it was uh, – Kendra's backfield and he showed that he was able to take control of that backfield and he has been pivotal to the success of TCU making the playoffs this year on the ground through the air creating chunk plays time after time I mean Kendra Miller has really shown everyone that he was more than just a committee back playing with Zach Evans he's a guy that can take over the lead role I think there's a chance that he gets into the third round at at worst I do think he's a fourth round pick and at that point, I still think he's a good value here because he will get run. He will get opportunities. And I, I love having that kind of depth on my bench. Two more picks. Alfred, this is your last one. And then, Nate, you are going to close it out for us. I think this is very fitting. I'm going to go with a guy I really, really like. Um, been on you know, on his side since he was a freshman. Um, has had some struggles, a little up and down. I'm going to go with Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. I'm going to finish up with a wide receiver here. I think he gets day two capital by the end of it. I mean, I do think he's going to be like a third round pick um, unless he tests out the, out the, you know, out of the ceiling and, and, you know, blows up the combine. I just think he's good. He's been good. Again, these guys that are good from the moment they walk onto the, you know, college field, really, they just kind of retain value in my mind, unless something happens where they totally tank when, you know, when you're showing it at 18 even if you have a down second year, he came back this year and, and led Oklahoma again. Big plays, deep threat. I do think he might be a little limited in terms of his like route running and overall receiving. But I think, you know, we don't know a landing spot at this point. But I think in the right offense, he can be a, a quality wide receiver, too, on the Y side. You know, not a true X. I don't think he's really a slot. I think he's more of like a field stretcher mm-hmm. on the Y. Um, but right offense with a good quarterback, like, what about, you know, the Chargers with a yep. good quarterback, you know, and you've got your alpha Mike Williams if they keep him around. Keenan's in the slot. They need kind of the third guy. And Josh Palmer's okay. I'm, I'm not sure Josh Palmer's, like, really good or even what they need. They need a deep threat. Marvin Mims to the Cowboys, I think, makes a lot of sense. They've been looking for someone to stretch the field because Michael Gallup has not been able to do that since he came back. Yeah, yeah. And Marvin yeah. Mims, I just feel like, hey, you get Oklahoma with Oklahoma, put, put him with CeeDee Lamb. Sounds mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> sorry all right that's my that's my draft i'm pretty happy i mean late, late second round are still getting guys i'm pretty happy about yeah all right nate you want to finish this off for us i'm gonna finish it off and i'm gonna pick another quarterback i'm gonna select hendon hooker and mm-hmm. i think here at the end of the second round it's super flex I think it's a guy that we've forgotten about and he gets pushed down because of the other positions and because we don't know what his draft capital is going to look like at the moment. You know, it's probably not a first round pick anymore. The, that pipe dream died when he had his injury. Um, mm-hmm. So now he's looking like a day two quarterback. Uh, I, I would assume second round, but we could go anywhere between day two. So hit rate isn't great with day two quarterbacks, but I've seen him go to maybe the commanders in a mock draft or to the Buccaneers in a mock draft. You know, there are some really good teams that are going to need quarterbacks next year or as soon as the end of that season or the beginning of the next season that are going to be using a second round or third round pick on a quarterback. And I think Hendon Hooker is going to go to one of those teams where he will be able to sit behind for a year and then have a shot at the quarterback competition. Now, like I said, not a great hit weight hit rate with day two quarterbacks, but Hendon Hooker showed that he could run a system and he could run a system really, really well. He's very accurate, hardly ever turns the ball over, has that rushing upside. He really checks all the boxes. Uh, the, the big question marks around him are just, oh, hey, he's 25 already. And then now the knee injury. So we'll see where he lands up. I do think he has a lot of talent. I think he's just kind of in an unlucky situation, but we'll see if that talent can uh, help him get out of a, a bad spot. All right, so let's uh, just kind of recap the second round here. 2-1, we had Sean Tucker, followed by Tank Bigsby, Devin Achain, Zach Evans, 
Jalen Hyatt, Rasheed Rice, Chase Brown, Dalton Kincaid, Israel Abanaconda, Kendra Miller, Marvin Mims, and Hendon Hooker. So an interesting second round. I loved it. It was great. Alfred, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Before we head out, why don't you tell us, tell everyone out there listening where they can find you and what you have going on? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at AlfredJF. Uh, but really, I'm, I'm a founder of a website, campustocanton.com. And we are kind of going into, I think, our second full year or even maybe third full year, actually. Like we once the calendar turns into 2023, it'll be our third full year as a company um, putting out all content that you need to enjoy the college side of fantasy is really our, our goal. And we, we do you know reach in a little bit to the NFL side and we're reaching down into the high school ranks with recruiting. But our sweet spot is everything you want to know for college. So but I think it applies to anything we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Debbie research, dynasty research, who knows these future rookies better than someone who's been watching them for the last three or four years in college and knows all about them, watch the college games for the last four years. So we feel like we can offer a, a wide variety of people, not just, you know, playing college fantasy, but we've evaluated these guys from a fantasy angle for the last three years. Now they're going to the NFL. So uh, we can help you with dynasty Debbie CFF, recruiting, you name it. We've got guides you can buy. We've got memberships. We've got tools. Uh, we even have some betting content tools now to help you navigate some uh, some props on prize picks and things like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, kind of any, whatever your bag is, we've got something to help you out at campusdecanton.com. So come on over. Check out the guys over at Campus to Canton and Nate. Well, you know where to find Nate. You know where to find me. So, Hang on there. There's going to be a couple commercials coming up after this, as well as our awesome outro music. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Alfred, thank you for hanging out with us, and we will see you next time. Have a happy new year, everybody. Look at that again. Yet another quality guest brought to you by the Dynasty Rewind. And we really love you guys over here at the Dynasty Rewind. So thank you again for hanging out. Alfred, thank you again. Obviously, I talked to him, uh, I guess it was last night at this point in time, just up here in my home studio, mixing these podcasts, this and the one that you heard a couple of days ago with Matt Waldman, getting the commercials in here and all that good stuff. So I'm chilling, having a beer. It's super irrelevant right now, but, you know, I'm looking for, I got one more day of work. I think I have nine days off of work. So thank God. So Alfred, thank you for coming in. Make sure you check out Campus to Canton. Listen, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys. Campus to Canton is a resource that I use to help bring better content to you guys. Seriously, I'm a subscriber. I signed up. I did their yearly discount. You might want to consider doing the same thing for our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Super cool. I'll talk about that in a minute. Campus Canton, awesome website. Seriously, so cool. Um, A lot of fantastic writers on there. I'm friends with a lot of people. Alfred, obviously. Felix Sharp is amazing. Matt Bruning, I've known forever. All great dudes over there. So go check out campusdecanton.com. Check out their YouTube channel. Last time we did the mock, I mean, they were just about to hit a thousand. I know that they're way past that by now. Kudos to them. Just want to go back and say the what we were originally planning on doing. And we saw Alfred at the expo and we said, hey, let's go back. Let's revisit the first round. And then we'll do the second round and just kind of, you know, riff on it. So many things changed since then that we felt it was better to just redo it. So that's what we did. And I got to be honest with you, I kind of like it better this way. Things change. And, you know, Dynasty content, it's not as evergreen as us content creators want it to be. So kind of cool to go back and just kind of reevaluate things there. Always good to talk to Alfred again. Almost didn't think this podcast was going to happen because my little girl was just being an absolute nightmare going down to bed. It took my wife an hour and a half to get her to go to bed um you know i mean i think she just needs to relax and so do you and to do that you should head on over to underdog fantasy if you're ready for best ball pickums and rivals use the promo code rewind on underdog fantasy and get a 100 match your first deposit up to 100 headed to a game go to seatgeek.com use the promo code dynasty rewind to get 20 dollars off your first ticket purchase have that first stadium beer on us with your savings hey penn state fans Go to the Rose Bowl, represent you, SeatGeek, and we want you to be a part of the best community in fantasy football. B 
Become a Rewinder today and get access to rankings, bonus pods, written content, and so much more. Now offering a 10% discount on yearly memberships. You're basically getting a month plus for free. If you just want the Discord, it's $12 with the discount. It is $10.80 for a year. We will answer your questions whenever we can. Till next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening. <laughs>